Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. I hope your Monday is going well. I'm currently recording this at 4.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I literally just got home from work. The train ran a little late. That's like city vibes, hashtag commuter life. I'm standing there (laughs) at the platform. I'm like, I need to record a podcast. How could you be late? I'm like standing there like, of course, like when I want to <laughs> record after work, the train's like, yeah, let me be like five to 10 minutes late. So, I mean, but here we are. Uh, I had a great Monday. Um, Usually Mondays are, you know, a lot to take in, but today, you know, went fairly well and everything's been going pretty smoothly. Uh, Nate and I are gearing up to move to our new apartment back in Lindenhurst, back where we used to live, which is super exciting but also really stressful as well because everyone who has moved they know it's like moving is such a to do it really is but I was okay with doing that sacrifice of the annoyance of a move to just be in a place that would soothe both of our mindsets being back in the same town that we originally were in we know the neighborhood Um, I'll be closer to my friends and family for my last length of being on Long Island before moving upstate. So we're moving in in November next month. So we are getting to it. And it's kind of funny because it'll literally be the like year anniversary of moving then into this apartment. We have officially um, come full circle. I'll definitely keep you guys updated with that. And I am so excited to share with you guys that today on this Monday, I officially launched my mindset coaching program. I am so like ignited and fired up to help you guys on your mindset journey. I'm I've been working with my mentor, Emily. I've been sprucing up my Instagram page, creating content that will better serve you guys. If you haven't already um, followed me on Instagram, it's at the growth mindset gal. And you should follow me on there because I create posts that are going to help you with imposter syndrome, anxious thoughts, people pleasing, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, all of the posts that I create and, you know, also pausing for gratitude and little um, motivational affirmations and things like that to put us really in the right mindset. That is all of what my posts are about. And I like to mix it up. And so there's different types of posts for different types of needs. And so those are the types of things also that I'm going to be helping you with this coaching program. The coaching program is a three-month program. We meet bi-weekly, so every other week for three months. We have 45 to 60 minutes Zoom sessions where I guide you into creating a better mindset. In between those bi-weekly Zoom sessions that we dive into, we're also going to join Slack, and it's going to be throughout the week, weekly or daily check-ins with how you're doing with your mindset journey. And for those Zoom sessions, what we're going to be diving into is, first of all, figuring out what are you struggling with right now? 
Okay, what are the causes behind what you're struggling with your mindset, whether it's fear of failure, whether it's imposter syndrome, people pleasing, whether it's indecisiveness, low self-esteem, burnout, feeling really lost, all of those things. We talk about, okay, why are we feeling that way? And then as the sessions go along, we talk about what goal do you want to get to? Do you want to have more self-esteem? Do you want to switch from a fixed mindset of scarcity to a growth mindset of abundance? Do you want to create better goals for yourself and how to trust your intuition more to make decisions? Do you want to improve on making sure you're setting boundaries and not people pleasing anymore? How can you then also in the workplace improve in your imposter syndrome? Those are the things that we are going to dive into. We're going to have guiding conversations. Hey, listen, it's going to be like being in class because, hey, I'm a teacher, so <laughs> this is what I do. And we are going to be diving into different journal prompts, different gratitude activities, different mindset activities, videos, jumping into different sorts of books and things like that to really guide you along that when you're in the Zoom session with me for 45 to 60 minutes, we are in it. We are in the moment. And I'll be giving you also homework to do between the two weeks of our Zoom sessions of, you know, journal prompts and activities and things like that, where you'll have, you know, virtual worksheets to do and things like that. We're lesson planning here, people. So I'm going to be here in it with you guys. And if any of that sounds interesting, let's just hop on a discovery call. The link to apply for a discovery call, if you're interested in any of that, the Google form to fill out is linked in my bio on at the Growth Mindset Gown but it is also going to be linked in the show notes, right? There is no attachment or anything. If you're interested in what the program is all about and you want to hop on, you know, 45 minute discovery call with me completely free, we talk about what do you want to fix? What do you want to improve on? What are your goals? And what do you, how do you want to invest in yourself to make your life better? Also, all the information that I just shared with you guys about the three-month coaching program, uh, you can see it on my Instagram at the growth mindset gal. And I will be taking three clients at a time. So for the three months, I'll be working with three clients. And if you still want to hang out with me, you still want to do the mindset, then you just renew for another three months and so on and so forth. If three months is good enough for you, then you just sign up for the three months, right? That is all that it's going to take. And if you want to commit to more months, you just do another three months and then another three months. And right now, I'm simply doing just one-to-one -one coaching sessions. As the life coaching program or the mindset coaching program then expands, I'll definitely be opening up more group coaching programs. And eventually down the line, my goal is to, to create an e-course that you guys can, you know, go through it at your own pace and things like that. But for right now, it's the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I'm so excited to share this opportunity with you guys, meet with you guys one-to-one -one and help guide your mindset in order to improve it and create a growth mindset. So again, if you're interested in just hopping on a discovery call with me, let's have a little chat and see if mindset coaching is for you. And then, you know, the discovery call can also just be us chatting, you know? So if you're interested in any of that, the Google form to apply for a discovery call is going to be linked in the show notes. All right, guys, we made it. We are at part five of the Your 20s book series. Part five is all about career. And what's really exciting about this week is we are going to be doing a Your 20s book giveaway. Jess and I decided that from 
tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the 17th, <laughs> tomorrow, October 18th, all the way till Friday, I believe, is then October. Let me get it on my calendar. Yes. So Tuesday, October 18th to Friday, October 21st, we are going to be hosting a Your 20s book giveaway. We are going to be giving away two of these books for free. It is going to be signed and delivered by the author herself, Jessica Smith. And um, tomorrow on Tuesday, the 18th, I'll be making a post on my Instagram of how to join the giveaway. And then on Saturday, the 22nd, on my stories, I'm going to be sharing the two amazing winners for the Your 20s Book Club giveaway. So two books. We're going to have two winners. I had so much fun reading this book with you guys. I had so much fun um, sharing stories with you and going through this book. I thought that it was super amazing and just a great insight for you guys for with the growth mindset game we are millennial women just trying to get through the everyday life and i think the your 20s book was just a quick simple easy guide to really get you in the right mindset on how to make some serious changes um in your life so let me flip to in her book talking all about career 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 which is like a big thing in our 20s because in our 20s that's when we're trying to figure out we just got out of college right and we have our degrees which <laughs> nowadays feels like it means nothing because we go to school for four years and then you know we also maybe get our master's degree which is another two to three years and then we're still struggling to find the right job for us and if any jobs are out there and are paying the right amount so Jessica starts the chapter with a great quote, which I love. Career. Achievement doesn't come from what we do, but from who we are. Marianne Williamson, which is a great quote to open up because we focus so much in our 20s on our career because we're taught that our career is our identity. I mean, we latch, we latch on to that. But then we need to realize that that's all well and good. But we guys, we are so much more than our career. And so we put a lot of stress in our 20s on finding the right career because we have this societal stress that you need to figure everything out by the time you are 30. Your 20s are for finding your career, your love life, creating a family. And by 30, you need to figure it all out, which is so not true, which thank God as a society, we are really starting to realize. So here's what Jess has to say. Raise your hand if you feel pressure to find the right job. Wait, no, the perfect job. The one where you float out of bed in the morning because you're so in love with it. Don't get me wrong. I believe in finding a job that lights you up, but let's zoom the lens out a bit and look at this from a new angle. If you make it your mission to only accept a new job that you consider perfect, you'll be hunting for a while. I'm not trying to be a dream crusher here, but the opposite. It's important to find the right job, but let's not torture ourselves to find the perfect one. From the moment we begin talking, we're asked, so little Jesse, what do you want to be when you grow up? And even at such a young age, there's such a focus on what we're going to do when we grow up. It's no wonder we're freaking out during this decade of life. We're trying to decide what to do with the rest of it. And are we really grown up anyway? 
After the what do you want to do when you grow up question, the next thing we usually get hit with goes something like, find your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, like, let me just pause there. That was such, especially as a teacher, that was so like spoon fed to me throughout college. When you find your perfect job, you're never going to work a day in your life. And like, that's what we expect when we think we found quote unquote, the perfect job for us, where that was me. I graduated and then I subbed for a year and then I got my teaching job in the city. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to love waking up every day. It's my passion for teaching, being an educator, which is all those things. But let me tell you, even though teaching is my passion and my career, if you think I'm floating out of bed every day at 540 AM, I'm here to tell you that ain't the reality of teaching. Okay, that's not the reality for any job. I do want to say 80% of the time I'm looking forward to work, but there is the 20% where I'm like, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? Why did I put myself through this? And I don't want to go to work. I'm tired. I need to be on all the time. And I have to just deal with so many things throughout the day. But then there's days like today where I had a pretty good day. If the kids were working on a project, everyone's doing well. And then I, there's that reminder of, oh, okay, like this is why I, you know, enjoy teaching. But let me tell you, even if the, the career is literally, it's more about the passion than the pay, which is literally the slogan for teaching. I don't wake up every morning with a spring in my step ready to go. Maybe once I'm in the building, I'm like, all right, like this is a vibe, like we're having a good day. But the thing with teaching is, you never know what day you're going to have. You can try your best to be prepared, have a good mindset, but that's the thing with teaching. You really never know the day you're going to have. <laughs> you can do everything right and still have a crazy whirlwind of a day. So if you're listening right now and you're feeling really lost in your career, it's so important to pause and do a little bit of a reflection of, are you happy at your job right now? Right? And if not, why? And then perhaps make a pro and con list of your job right now. What are the pros of working there? What are the cons? For example, for me, for the pros, you know, I do enjoy teaching. We get the summers off. Um, I love having my own classroom and I'm the leader and I help kids reach their potential and, you know, all these great things. We do creative fun activities. Um, you know, I love just building rapport with the students. We have fun most of the time. Um, but the cons are definitely my commute is really rough, taking the train in and transferring, taking the subway, walking, all the things. Um, definitely the pay of teaching. You know, that's just it is the way it is, but it could be definitely better. And also the edit on things beyond teaching. Right. You don't just teach. There's so many. We wear so many other hats. So a con is definitely wearing all the multiple hats besides being a teacher. Right. That would be a quick like pro con list for me. And I definitely enjoy teaching, but I am really excited to move upstate and have a different um, atmosphere of teaching where I don't have like the train commute and things like that. That's really the biggest thing for me. But look, that took, what, two minutes? So after you listen to this episode, maybe take, you know, two to five minutes to get a journal out or open the notes pad on your phone and really do a pro con list and see what's the reason maybe that you are feeling stuck. And maybe it's not even the the job. Maybe it's just, you know, it's you're ready to expand and move up a position or maybe just move to a different office or, you know, even just maybe move to a different department. Maybe it's not actually the career itself. It's definitely important to to look on that.
So just then goes on to say, okay, let me just flip the page. Cause she basically was talking about how it's really important with your job to try your best to align with most of your morals, which I completely agree with. She talks about how she, when she was trying to figure out in New Zealand what she wanted to do, she first thought, hmm, like I love doing yoga. Let me become a yoga teacher. And then she became one. And she then realized that becoming a yoga teacher actually create a lot of stress because there's a lot going into being a yoga teacher and doing classes and students and like all the things. It kind of took the fun away out of yoga. So she then realized that maybe just because something is fun and exciting for me, maybe though that shouldn't be my career, maybe that should be then a hobby and look for a career in maybe a similar field. She then goes on to say, when you're clear on your work disqualifiers, you will save yourself so much time during your job hunt because you'll know immediately if a job is right for you as soon as you read through the description. Doing it this way by working backwards to figure out what you don't want first is a much better and faster search every job description for the list of qualities you want for your next job. Creating your disqualifiers. There are four aspects that show up in every job. Go through each of these steps below to create a list of the no-gos for your next job opportunity. Step one, the commute. Hey, that's me, people. The commute. How far are you willing to drive to work? And then how? think about how much time it's going to take out of your day. Step two, the benefits. Think about the medical and dental coverage do you need. Does this job provide that? Step three, the travel. Are you going to need to be doing any traveling for your job? Step four, compensation. How are you going to be paid? Is it through commission? Is it a salary? Is it hourly? What works best for you? And think about your cost of living. Okay. So those are the four big things you got to think about when you're doing your job hunt. The commute, the benefits, the travel and the compensation. Because then once you kind of narrow it down to those four things of your, your disqualifiers, right? Then you can narrow down your job search. Let me tell you, jobs, especially when they have a long commute, that takes so much out of your day. And you really got to think about your quality of life. Now, granted, if that job does pay, hey, that compensation is worth the, the commute, that's completely up to you. But you have to take the step back and realize, what of these four work best for you when you're doing your job hunt or, you know, you're trying to find your first job or you're trying to switch from job to job. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out. I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. 
There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing. Right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone. And they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress. Because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal that's better com slash the growth mindset gal that link is going to be in my show notes and If you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. Okay, so after you go through your disqualifiers, when you're looking for the job that would align most with you, the next step is doing the list of your must-haves. So Jess talks about what are the must-haves in your job search for your next job opportunity. She says, job title or titles. So be careful not to be too specific. Every employer has its own way of organizing the people who work at the company. Everyone starts out in one big bucket, people who work at X company. Then HR goes through the categories and puts people in specific functions based on the role responsibilities of their job. From there, the compensation manager will classify each job into groups specific to their company and assign the job. So there's a lot of different steps when it comes to your job title. So when you're doing your job search, you got to make sure you look at the qualifications and the responsibilities of said job titles because that's what you're going to get paid to do. The next step is step two, job function. Function refers to what the job entails as related to other people and the company as a whole, aka do you want to manage people or lead a team? Or are you looking for an individual contributor position 
where you may work on a team of people but have individual responsibilities, goals, and initiatives. So when you're looking for the type of job that you want, do you want to be a leader in the workspace? Do you want to be on a team? Or are you the person that would rather, you know, I'm just going to come into work, sit down, do my thing, do all the tasks I need to do, and then leave. So think about the type of employee you want to be as well. Step three is the hours of work. So what type of workday do you want? Do you want the typical nine to five? Are you into more of the flexibility scheduling and client work? Are you into going into the office or being fully remote nowadays? Because that's an option. Step four, and that's also for step three, do you want to be full-time or part-time? Step four is team. What do you want the team to be like, small or large? Do you want your teammates to be on the same office as you or spread across multiple locations throughout the company? So if you're looking for working on a team in the job that you're searching for, what kind of team do you want? Do you want to be like small and intimate? Do you want to be in a large group? Do you guys all want to be in the same section of the office or do you want to be spread out? Step five, performance Oh, excuse me. Performance measurements. Sorry, I had a hiccup. Performance measurements means this is how the company identify, tracks, measures your performance and quality at work. This is so important when you're trying to figure out what job works best for you. How does the job track your progress? So for example, teachers, we get observations. That's how they track our progress. So the principal or assistant principal, they come in and they watch one of your lessons. I'm tenured, so I get two observations. I get one in the fall. It's probably going to be happening this week. And then one in the spring. And if you're untenured, you get four observations a year. And they come in, they watch your lesson, then you meet them afterwards in a meeting and they give you all of your feedback, right? So you got to think of what job suits you best that will give you the feedback that you want the most. Like, I love being observed because you get to see the insides of my classroom, right? It's not a, you know, pony show where you're trying to do, you know, your best. Like, I love informal observations because they come in, they see how it is. <laughs> they see the reality of the classroom. And um, and then, you know, I also just love when they come in and watch because then they can see my craft. So if you're into observations, definitely doing more of a performative job like teaching, where if you rather have the, you know, data tracking system and you just have like quarterly meetings with your manager just to track your progress, then, you know, maybe office jobs are for you. Maybe you don't like getting tracked at all. So then maybe you become an entrepreneur and run your own business and you do the tracking. Growth slash career path. Step six, zooming the lens out a bit. Where do you want to see yourself in 10 years? Ref estimate, of course. Then working backwards, my fave, identify the kind of work you like to be doing right now, okay? So definitely see in your career, is there room for growth? Is there room to learn more? So for example, do you wanna climb the corporate ladder? Do you want to build your own business, right? Or maybe you go into um, the nursing field, right? And you start off, like my friend Kim, she started off as an RN and now she's kind of working to more specific things within the RN, you know, community where now she works in the ICU, right? More specific. For teachers, you can start off as a teacher and then work your way towards, you know, assistant principal to principal. There's growth there. Does your job provide um, professional development opportunities where you can go to these PDs and, you know, because you did these trainings, maybe you earn extra money in your salary or there's a bonus. Um, with teacher PDs, um, what we do, it's called our plus 30. So if we go to PD hours outside 
of work. Um, we then accredited to our plus 30 credits and then we get a salary bump, right? So does your job that you're looking for, does that qualify for any of that? Or do you, are you not looking for growth? I know a lot of people that want to just do their job, stay where they are. And because they're doing their job just to pay the bills and their passions are outside of the job, right? So maybe you don't want to look for growth. Maybe you like, you know, getting into one level of the job and staying there. And that's exactly what the company wants you to do, right? So when you're looking for your job fresh out of college or you're looking to transfer um, your jobs and switch careers or at least switch not even careers, but maybe just the workspace, think about what aligns with you and finding the right job, not the perfect job, because you put a lot of pressure on it when you want everything to be perfect, like the commute's perfect, the pay's perfect, the benefits are perfect, the people are perfect. That's not the reality of many job spaces. Maybe the commute's awesome, but the people you work with may not be your favorite. But do weigh the pros and cons. Can you deal with maybe not so great coworkers, but literally can walk to work? Right. Or maybe um, you have long hours, but it's a remote job. Right. So you work from home. So doing your pro cons list is so important when you're trying to figure out the right job, not the perfect job. Because if you're doing that, you're just going to literally exhaust yourself. Okay. She then goes on to talk about the important things to put in your resume. Right. So if you're trying to find a new job or you're trying to switch your jobs and you need to, you know, revamp. Um, your resume. I definitely need to do that when I'm going to be moving um, school soon. She says in your resumes, um, make sure also to join link LinkedIn if you haven't already. That's like a huge, obviously, job space for you guys. She goes, showcase your personality on your resume. If you have a boring resume, like think about how many resumes a recruiter goes through within a day, especially now that everything's, you know, digital. So it's not like this big, massive pile on their desk anymore. It's now folders, you know, online folders filled with all these applications. Show off your personality. Okay. She goes, wait, my future employers care about what I do outside of work. Yes. It may sound wild, but we aren't just a group of skillets. We're humans. Your skillet reflects you do. Okay. So I'm sorry, skillet guys. It is okay. 627 because I had to take a break and go to therapy. <laughs> I thought I said skillet. Guys, it's skill set. Let me just, okay, so let's redo this. <laughs> it may sound wild, but we aren't just a group of skill sets. We're humans. Our skill set reflects what you do, but it doesn't define who you are at work. We spend 40 hours a week, if not more, with, yep, you guessed it, other humans. The hiring team wants to know what you're all about. And it's okay to share some of your personal interests in your resume and LinkedIn profile. Okay. She says, add in your resume and the clubs you're a part of, volunteer interests, your favorite music, your hobbies, your industry-specific organizations, alumni associations, your favorite book or quote. She then goes on to say, talks about number two, emphasize the nuts and bolts. It's easy for you to look at your resume and LinkedIn profile and know exactly what you're trying to say, at least. I really hope so, especially since you wrote it. But you have to make sure it's just as easy for someone else to understand it. The best way to approach this is to step into a stranger's shoes. They're the ones reading it after all. They get your information without a clue of who you are. They don't even know um, you exist until your name is at the top of the page. So make sure your resume is super clear cut and very easy to follow. Very organized. Honestly, too, there's so many resources I even see, like people on Instagram, that um, run businesses to revamp your resume for you as well, if that's an option. 
Um, number three, introduce your previous companies. So unless your bullet points are extra clear in describing what the companies do, the stranger holding your resume won't know what you're coming from. So make sure that from each of your work experiences, add one or two sentences to explain a little bit about the company, right? So make sure you talk about your work experience and where you come from. And then number four, show off your badassness. Okay, we're talking performance expectations. This is how your boss knows you've got the job done right and will continue to do so. So really flaunt your stuff. Talk about in your resume and even in the interview is to make sure, talk about all your accomplishments and what you did for the previous company and what you're going to bring to the table. Okay. Number five, get real, include specifics. I see all too often communicated effectively uh, with team and outside vendors or insured reports were shared amongst the team for total visibility, right? Get really specific, breaking it down even further, okay? So in what ways did you communicate effectively? Why do you think your communication works so well? So on and so forth. Get really like meaty in your skill sets, okay? So... What then she goes on to say is next time you talk to someone you trust, describe your ideal career path with them, right? So after listening to this episode, talk to one of your friends, get some brunch, get a cup of coffee, sit down and describe your ideal career path to them. You can always do this activity solo, but I encourage you to follow um, and find uh, something with your friend. Answer the following questions with your trusty soundboard, which is your friend. What do you want to happen? What people do you want around you? What experience do you wish to have? Like best case scenario ever. What do you want to accomplish? Don't leave out the feelings either. Tell your friend how it would feel to succeed. How would it feel to crush your goals or land your dream job and find a partner that supports you in your dreams unconditionally, right? So have that conversation with yourself or with a friend, okay? She then talks about here are the wellness essentials with finding your career, right? What aligns with you or getting a job right out of college or if you're switching careers. Your personal brand is made up of who you are and what you do. Revisit performance measurements from current and previous work experiences to help support your badass brand. Be ultra specific. Use metrics and tangible data so strangers who read it have a super clear picture of your previous roles. Okay, so when you're thinking about the right job, okay, make sure 80% of that job, maybe 75, is something you semi-enjoy. It has the salary and benefits that you would like. The commute is something you could do. The flexibility or the hour that you're there, your office or remote. What does that say? Does that align with you? Do not just take a job because it's the first one that's offered. So many of us do that and then we get stuck in a job that we hate and we feel burnt out at 28, right? Let's say, for example, I started working at 23, right? And I just took the first job um, that hired me and then I got burnt out. And now I'm 28 at that job, right? That's where a lot of us kind of are. So and that's why a lot of people are doing the career transitions and and finding remote jobs because remote jobs are a big thing, guys, now. And if you're interested in switching, not a career, but maybe just the way you're working, 
that's okay too. You don't, I see so many teachers that are done with the classroom experience and go into ed tech, right? Or do remote teaching and things like that, where they're still in the educational field, but just doing education in a different way. So if you're looking for, you know, I'm done going to the office, I don't want to do this um, hustle culture anymore of having a commute and all the things, or I think about how that aligns with you, where you could be in the similar field of your career, just maybe it looks a little bit different, right? Maybe you were a team leader and you kind of want to step down. Maybe, you know, the work was overwhelming, which it definitely can be as a leader. And see if maybe you want to do more of a small team sort of thing. Maybe you don't want to climb the corporate ladder and you're totally okay with where you are, okay? Maybe you just got out of college and you're in the job market with LinkedIn and all the different things and you get a job offer, but something in your gut tells you this isn't it. Wait for the right opportunity, the right job, not the job that just throws you a salary, throws you the benefits, right? Now, if circumstances do not let you do that and you have to take the job, that's also totally okay. Because finding the right job is important, but that's not the reality for a lot of us. And sometimes a job is just to pay the dang bills. That's okay. If you're in a job right now that just pays the dang bills, but and you find your passion and love for life in your hobbies outside of work, that's okay too, you guys. Right? Because everyone's talking about the burnout culture and you need to switch your job. But, you know, that kind of to be able to quit your job and find another job is low key a privilege. And so if you're in a job right now that you're you don't love. Right. But it is paying your bills. Do that pro con list. Right. And if you can handle the not so funness of your job, but you're able to live your life the way you want to outside of your job with your hobbies, your friends and all those things, that's okay too. Your job does not create your identity. Your job doesn't have not, it does not have to be your passion. I know we grow up where your job needs to be your passion and you you never wake up another day in your life where you have to work because it's your passion. No, you can simply just have a job because you want money. So you can do the fun things that you actually enjoy doing. That's why so many people now are doing side hustles where they're not so happy with their jobs right now. But they're finding the happiness in their side hustles where they're keeping their full-time job because they got bills to pay. But then they're also doing a side hustle that they enjoy. Okay? So see what's the best scenario for you. Okay? If you want to change jobs, revamp that essay. Okay? If you're just coming out of college looking for jobs, wait for a job that feels good. Okay? Because remember, you're at your job most of the time. Nine to five, 40 hour weeks, Monday to Friday, only off on the weekends. Man, I wish weekends were three days. Okay. And remember, everything is temporary. Your job can be temporary in a good way. Okay. You can have a rough day at work and then the next day have a phenomenal day. Everything is temporary with jobs. So don't get discouraged either when you have a tough day at work. I've had poof, I have had days where I questioned my sanity and I questioned being a teacher. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should pull the thing where I just work fully remote and find like an ed tech job. I really thought about it. I really did. But then I did my pro con list and I thought about, does my job align with what I enjoy doing? Right. And that's 
that's something you need to think about with yourself. Okay. And if you're not sure what you want to do in your 20s, that's okay. You don't have to have it fully together. Okay. If you're hopping from job to job in your 20s, that's fine. You should experiment hopping from one job to another. I've talked about this before. It's actually really great in your 20s to maybe stay at one company for a year, go to another company for a year because you're trying out and seeing what you're happy with. Right. If you're staying in the same career field and you're just going from office to office, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to try things. And if you want to do a whole career shift, that's okay too. And if you're in, you know, your 30s and 40s and you want to do a career shift, hey, I'm seeing people do that too. It's never too late to shift your career because it does mean a lot because that's what most of your life is consumed of is your career. Okay. So take a moment after this episode and do a little reflection on where you stand with your career right now. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is the final episode of the Your 20s Book Club series. I hope you enjoyed it. Please stay tuned to the Your 20s Book Giveaway coming out um, Tuesday, tomorrow, all the way through Friday of next week. Check out for the post on my Instagram at The Growth Mindset Gal. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who would enjoy it. Tag Jess and I in your stories as well. Follow Jess at Your 20s on Instagram. And If my life coaching program resonated with you, you can hop on to the link that's in the show notes and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.